Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Well, if you've been coming for three weeks, I am the pastor here. Uh, it's good to meet you. I'm glad you're here. Um, you know, it's, it's good to take a little break every now and then. Got to get refueled. Got to get refreshed. Um, I believe that there's a lot of people that God is bringing here. And, um, and, and I believe there's a lot of leaders being trained. And so we want to give them opportunities to grow. I want to jump right in. it. We are in a series called Listening. Listening. You're probably a great listener. Um, that's probably what people tell you. Um, uh, Percentage-wise, most of us are not <laughs> great listeners. And it is a very hard discipline that we have to add to our lives. As a culture, it seems like there is more value on talking than on listening. Most of our avenues of communication don't have total completeness. In fact, in our culture, it's crazy. Over the last 20 years, we've settled for shorthand texts, quick emails, and post updates. And that's how we communicate. Um, what has happened is we actually call it communication, but we're just informing people of our decisions, of what's happening. We're just informing. It's, that's all we're doing. Back in the day, people used to get together, man. They used to, I mean, we're talking about seriously, like they would come for miles. They would come and hang out around a campfire or a porch or a home or a church and just talk just relate, get to know each other. And I think that the church and our society um, is in danger of uh, being very populated, but nobody known. I see it in homes. I see it in marriages. You know, you can be married and just live like you're in an apartment with someone sharing the rent, sharing the kids, and sharing the responsibility just like that. Communication and listening are the things that change that. Um, I'll tell you that in our society, we've become a whole lot more functional, but a whole lot less relational. That is why we're talking about jump back in January. We want actually people to jump back in, and we get it. We know the season that we're in, but but I do want to say this. Um, We have seen the impact of COVID and what its impact has been on relationships in the church. You've seen it in your own life. That's why Paul encourages the believers not to give up meeting together because a lot happens when you are known. When you are known. And and obviously, everybody has different things that they're having to deal with relationally. And we are so glad that we have an online community. For those of you guys watching, come on. Um, We're glad that you're online and that you're watching, you're taking notes, and you're engaging with what God's doing. But I do have a challenge for all of our online people. Um, The church was not built to sustain long-term relational distance. And so I am praying that as the vaccines, as everything begins to come about, that people can come and get back. Come on, does that make sense? Because the church was not built 
to be, I'm not saying that we are not a global church where people are in China and Africa and whatever, and we're still under the head Jesus, but we are to grow as a body and we need our thumb and our hand and our feet. Come on, somebody. We need the body of Christ and the body of Christ has to know each other and function. Come on together. You have to be known. You have to be loved and there has to be challenge in your life. Listening provides direction. It adds perspective, experience, wisdom to your life. Listening, come on, listen, is still effective. Listening is still effective. God wants his people, come on, to listen to him. To listen to him. And I know that this seems like, you know, kindergarten concepts. Of course he wants us to listen. But come on, there is talking, then there is listening, then there is applying what we've listened, and listening didn't happen until we change based on what we heard. Come on. Listening is always hindered when we get busy, when we're distracted, or we're disgruntled. Listening will always shut down. Come on, anybody ever been in an argument? You're like, nanny, nanny, boo, boo. I mean, like, like I'm, not, I'm not listening. I don't care what you say. I know you talking. I know I hear you, but I don't hear you. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's what happens. But here's the thing is when we are busy, distracted, and disgruntled, we begin to miss the messages that we were made to hear. See, to hear well done, good and faithful servant means that you had to listen. You had to listen when Jesus began to call your attention. You had to listen to the knock on the door of your heart. If you don't listen, then you will miss things that, come on, we miss them even in families. Come on, there have been many times when I have been burdened with a problem or project and I hear my 10-year-old say, hey, dad, I, I want to share with you this awesome grade I got or this awesome thing that happened in school. And I'm like, yeah, bud, I'll get back with you. I'm busy. Maybe you've even been in marriage where you need to talk to your spouse, but they're busy on a project or an order or a text and they're locked into their phone and what they're doing. And it almost feels like the person you walk down the aisle with is now an interruption. And you don't know it, but they've actually been following you around the house trying to talk to you. Hey, but could, could we, and just, I just want, if you have one second, I just want, I only need a couple seconds. <laughs> Listening? Come on. Yeah. Is this true? Yeah. yeah, that's right. For us, listening has largely been replaced by statements. We make statements. It's starting to affect us, and God wants to listen, direct your life. He wants to direct my life, and we have to develop the ability to listen. This is the way. Come on. 
this is the way. I don't know about you, but I think it's time for me to tell you something. Um, I like Star Wars. And I know you may judge me. That's okay. Uh, I, I, I don't care. But, um, but, but um, uh, there is this show on, and Star Wars, you know, uh, you know uh, the force is with... Okay, cool. 35%. That was, I was kind of feeling that joke. Um, uh, there's now this new TV show called Mandalorian, and their thing is, this is the way. And every time they say it, it's like, ooh. I'm like, back it up. Say it again. <laughs> say it again. <laughs> it's just so cool. It's like, this is the way. And I'm like, so now around my house, when I say something, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, everybody's going to bed. This is the way. <laughs> Come on, hey. Then, Dad, you better use it. Listen. But listening is the way for the believer. Isaiah 48, 17 says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. In other words, we don't look to government. We don't look to employment. We don't look to our intelligence. Come on, Northwest Arkansas. We look to the Lord. This is the way. This is the way. We decrease so that he will increase. Obviously, today's sermon is not about Mandalorian. But it is about a prophet Named Jonah, who refused to listen to the Lord because he had a better idea. He had a better idea. Can I give you this? And I'm going to say it two or three times because if you don't get anything, um, I want you to do two things. Uh, I want you to remember this statement and then hopefully I want you to laugh a lot. Um, I want you to remember this. Listening to the Lord is far better than running from him. Listening to the Lord is far better than running from him. This is the way. (laughs) Come on. Like listening is better than running. And some of you are running. You're running from your calling. You're running from family. You're running from the people who have offended you. God has been putting things on your heart. And you have been stifling these things. And he's only putting it on your heart because he wants to heal you. Not because he wants to shame you. But we have the church running away rather than running to. Come on, does this make sense? Psalms 32, verse 8 and 9. I got a lot to say, so I'm really going to work hard today. Come on. Psalms 32, verse 8 and 9. I will instruct you. I will teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you and I will be upon you. (laughs) You ever have someone in your life go, God's watching you? God. Noah, God's watching you, boy. I know you play the guitar. You're cool. He is cool. Come on. Listen. Kev, 
Y'all remember uh, Michael Jackson brother sang the song? I always feel like. <laughs> okay, stop. That was totally flesh. I get that. My bad. My bad. I repent. We've forgotten the idea that God watches. That God is observing. We think that God is distant and distracted and busy. But God is watching over you. And he's looking for the ones that will listen and be teachable. God is looking to empower those that say yes. Because there's going to be a lot of people who say no. I will counsel you and my eye will be upon you. Do not be like a horse or mule without understanding. But you must be curbed. Listen to this. With a bit and a bridle or you're not going to be effective. You're not going to stay near. Come on. So here's the deal is that many of us are toying with the idea of church. So let me just break it down to you real quick. When you come to church, you are in two seasons. You are learning to take the bit. And it's difficult. Because our culture has teaching you, you can do whatever you want, say whatever you want, be whatever you want. No, you can't. Come on, does that make sense? Our culture is telling you that. But God says, if you will take the bit and let me lead you, I can then take it off of you because character is formed in you and you can run wide open. But a lot of us, come on, have even been in church most of our lives. But you, we're, you're, we spit out the bit. You got to take the bit and let them. Come on. <laughs> come on, when we're on social media, we're like, hey, girl. Oh, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm holy. God's holiness, holiness, holiness. Come on, when we get, get, want to get mad in traffic, God, you got to stay close enough where that you got to take that bit and go, here's how I want to respond. Listen, you mean something? <laughs> okay. I'm, my bad. My bad. I'm going to forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. You have to take the bit. And if you choose when you're going to follow, you, you're not really a... And so it really comes down to listening. And I'm fine. And here's the deal. Listen, I'm not mad if you don't like this sermon. Uh, but, but here's what I'm saying. God loves you so much, he lets you reject it. You don't have to take the bit. But you will never come into the calling of God on your life unless you take it. And there are many Christians who have grown up in church, but they are still as insecure as they were the first day they came to church because they never took the bit because they're not running toward the calling of God on their life. Come on, y'all better clap for that. That's That's good. That's good. God wants to lead you. He want, and, and here's what he says. And this is very hard for this area because we have some intelligent people in this area. But God says you have no understanding. You may know how the market works. You may know how to help people in the physical. You may know leadership. You may have great administration. But we are without understanding of how the kingdom of God works. And life was intended to work if you take the bit. Come on. Does this make sense? 
for us, look at this, look at this, look at this. It says two key things that I want you to get. The first one is that God wants to be your instructor. Have you ever had a coach? Like, ever played sports? Band director? Come on, Ken. You know what I'm saying? Like, have you ever had an instructor that's like, that's not how you do it. And if you'll do it this way, wow, sound will come out. If you do it this way, you'll make a layup. If you do it this way, people will actually recognize what you drew. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like it, that's good that you're reading, but if you, you need an instructor because those little dots at the end of the sentence mean stop. And you read like you're running red lights. Come on, does it make sense? Like, like come on. Like, we need an instructor in life. And many times the Holy Spirit comes and wants to instruct us, but we're like, the Bible says that he wants to teach you, basically a teacher. It's important for us to know that Jesus, listen, did not command his disciples to go and just make believers and converts to all nations. Listen to this. Because we have sent people out quickly who do not listen and do not hear and Jesus said you're making them twice the son of the enemy that you are because you're discipling people with a wrong understanding here's what he really said look at this come on help me this is good come on it's all right say something funny say something funny all right Matthew 28 18, look at this. Let's, let's look at it. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to who? Who's it been given to? Okay, some of y'all are like, I don't know the answer. Oh, oh, they can't read. That's, that's like, why Why is this? That's very washed out. Okay, here we go. All right, look at this. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. He was talking about himself. In other words, I got them. <laughs> Come on, help me, y'all. Y'all a little too churchy for me today. I can tell I hadn't been here in a while. Y'all a little too churchy. Okay, so Jesus has the power. One more, one more time, one more time, one more time. Come on, come on. All right, now you take it over. All right, here we go. All right, all right, all right. Jesus has the power. Okay, so Jesus has the power. If you go without the power, you ain't got no power. Okay, all right. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Come on, this is the part we know. Of all nations. Come on, people have wrote a check on this number, on this right. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Here's the point. This is the point. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. This is the way. This is the way. In other words, here's the deal. Jesus is admonishing his disciples. I have the authority. I have the authority. You can only give them what you learned from me. If you give them me, there will be transformation. If you give them you, there will be confrontation. Come on. Here's the deal. 
The power that enables you to go to a new place comes as you listen. You have to listen. That's the power. Today, hearing a sermon, I'm praying the Holy Spirit can give you clarity. God wants to direct your steps. But here is what this verse means. Don't go for me. Go with me. Go with me. Let's do it together. You, I'll be the substance. You be the hose. I'll work through you and we'll water the world. Let, 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 I want to go with you. Jesus was saying, listen, don't go with a few of my words. Go by living by my teachings. In other words, disciple people in the example of what it means to be. Come on, help me. Don't go without Jesus. Learn from him and let him alter, come on, your life. We aren't part of a committee in the kingdom. We don't strategize with Jesus. All right, everybody come in. Where you at? Okay, let's all sit around the table. We're going to boardroom this thing. Let's whiteboard it. So what do all y'all want to do this month with the kingdom? He's a king. He comes in. He says, this is the way it is. And he's looking for those who listen to do his will and his word. And we go out and do that. We don't collaborate. We, I'm just trying to collab with the king. You know what I'm saying? We do what the king tells us to do. Come on, is this good? Listening to the Lord is far better than running from him. This is the way. Let me give you a little history. J. Edgar Hoover led the FBI. This is back in the day. It's not right now. It's just. In Washington, he interviewed a young communist. Now, I just want to say this as a pastor. Communism suppresses faith. It removes God, it promotes the removal of moral absolutes, and it lives under no immutable principles. Communism is not a friend to Christianity. Just so that you've heard me say that, I want to say that, and I feel like I'll probably have to say that more regularly as we move over into time. Okay? Okay. But here is what he said when he interviewed this young communist. He said, we communists do not learn in order to show our high level of IQ. We learn in order to put in practice everything that we've learned. Everywhere. In local government, in school, and everywhere. Here's the thing. If the enemy is having people so committed to break down God's principles. Then how more committed do we need to be. To understand them. Be taught by them. Teach them to our family. Teach them to our kids. And prepare so that this thing can grow. But a lot of Christians don't know. Come on let's just talk. A lot of Christians 
we're at an all-time low in biblical understanding. Some believers, the only Bible they get is on Sunday morning. And I'm glad I'm not shaming. I'm not being mad. I'm just saying, like, do you know what you could download into your heart that would change everything in your life? You have that available to you if you'll listen. Over the next two weeks, this week and next week, I'm going to give you four points. I'm only going to give you two today because I don't want to wear you out. Um, I'll give you two major thoughts that I think are going to help you in listening. Um, two major thoughts that we have to battle in order to listen. Because listening is a fight. You got to fight. You got to focus. You got to get, you know, like Katie said, you got to cut. I'm, I'm dialing in. And so we're going to talk about Jonah, and we're going to talk about this first part and then come back next week um, and then hear the second part because it's going to be better than this. This is just kind of a little warm-up. Uh, Jonah chapter 1. Let, let, let's go there. Jonah chapter 1, and I'm going to read this to you. It's going to be pretty lengthy, but I think that you got it. Um, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amitti, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city. And call out against it for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah arose <laughs> and he went to Tarshish. <laughs> from the pre- he ran from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, went down into it to go to them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great windstorm upon the sea, and there was a mighty temptress, um, tempress on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. And those that were with the ship um, cried out and were afraid. Each of them cried out to their own God, and they hurled the cargo over the ship into the sea to try to lighten it. But Jonah had gone down into the inner parts of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, what do you mean, you sleeper? How you, so, so you going to sleep in this, bruh? Like, man, you take some NyQuil. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You take a little, uh, what, uh, what's, that, what's that stuff? The, not the Claritin, but uh, what? Benadryl. Benadryl, yeah. Does Benadryl make you? Never mind. Okay. (laughs) Listen. What do you mean you're sleeping? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give us, uh, uh, perhaps the God will give us a thought to us that we may not perish. And then they said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know. I mean, who did all this? Who was the evil dude? So they cast lots and they fell on Jonah and they said to him, tell us uh, the account of this evil that has come upon us. What is your occupation? <laughs> well, actually, I'm a prophet of God. <laughs> actually, this whole thing's my fault. <laughs> my bad. Okay. Look at this. Um, okay. Where, where am I at? Here, occupation. And where do you come from? And what is your country? And of what people are you? And he said to this, listen to this, this is important. I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what is this that you've done? You, man! (laughs) For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he told them. 
Then they said to him, what are we going to do to make the sea be quiet? For the sea grew more and more dangerous. Look at this. And he said that to them, pick me up, hurl me into the sea, so the sea will be quiet. For I know it is because of me that this tempest has come upon you. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit. Here's the thing. I want to give you just a couple of thoughts real quick. Two quick thoughts about really battling to listen. The first is this. Here's the first thought I want to give you. Four battles we face in listening. Here's the first one. The battle, we have to battle to become comfortable with God's instruction. A lot of times we wrestle with the word because we have grown up, listen, around so much compromise, it feels so polar opposite to what we grew up in. You're, you're not wrong that you didn't know. You're just untaught, so we want to teach you. That's where I think the church got really hard in the 80s and the 90s because we would point the finger at everyone who blew it and we would cancel people. And so it's funny that the church has an issue with canceling culture when we were a part of it. Our goal is not to cancel you, but we are going to inform you and then you get to make a decision on if you're going to take the bit or not. Come on, does this make sense? Jonah didn't want to go to a rebellious people, listen, who were not going to listen. He didn't want to go help. Yeah, he, come on, is that, come on, can we talk about America? No, just kidding. Like, 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 like I see you. Here we are. There's some evilness in the land. And are the people of God going to run away and buy land in Israel? Are we going to run away and buy land in, I don't know, where you want to go? Jamaica? I mean, are, are we going to go toward the culture and do what God has called us to do by beginning to be comfortable with God's instruction? Come on. Jonah's next step was not comfortable. God did not call you into comfort. He is going to ask you to do things that are uncomfortable. He is going to ask you to do things that you feel like are a little out of your reach. He's going to ask you to have conversations. He's going to ask you to do things that begins to shift the waters a little bit. And you're going to have to decide, will I listen or will I not? Jonah did not want to do what God asked him. Remember, <laughs> listening to the Lord is far better than running from him. Come on, everybody. This is the way. This is the way. I can't tell you, but the safest place is where God is sending you. <laughs> the safest place in your life is that next faith step that God is asking you to take. He may be downloading to you. I want you to get into a life group. Hey, I want you to step into some leadership. Hey, I want you to begin to tithe. Hey, you know what? I want you to start doing, giving just a little bit of extra money for the building. Hey, you know what? I want you to support a missionary. Hey, you know what? I want you to start that relationship with your father back up. Hey, you know what? I don't know what he's telling you, but I know he's talking to you. My question is, are you listening? 
listening. We can try it our way. And we can run. But we're running right into a storm. And you may make it all the way down to making the journey to Joppa. And you may think, oh man, it's fine. I can run away from what God's asking me to do. It's okay. I made it this far. I bought my ticket. I got on the boat. Oh man, I'm, I'm getting a good little nap. But you don't know. You wake up finally by someone shaking you saying, do you have any idea what's going on? And all of a sudden, you wake up from your fog and... And go, how do I fix this? How do I fix this? I have a son that's rejected the faith. How do I feel? I'm finally woken up and now I'm lamenting about where I should have been. Or you know what? Now I'm having to deal with, you know, lust or homosexuality or whatever it is that now I'm, I got shook. I'm finally woken up and now I'm dealing with this. Come on. This is truth. Now I'm, I'm in this and I'm, wo- I'm, I'm, I'm finally my eyes are opened and I realize I did it my way. I thought it would be okay to Facebook my old girlfriend <laughs> and then I thought it would be okay to just connect and send her a message. Hey, I... I I love your family, and that's cool. And, and then it led to, she came to Northwest Arkansas on business. We just got coffee. And then it just. And now I've woken up, and my wife's crying, and my kids won't talk to me. All because we didn't listen. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, so please don't. Come on, does that make sense? What I'm trying to do is warn us. What I'm trying to do is prepare us. What I'm trying to see is that God doesn't want you in the storm. He wants you in the place where you're going to thrive, where people, come on, you can be where it's scary, or you can be where people getting saved. It's up to you. But I'm telling you, God has good things for you. This is the way. I want to talk about a few things. Can we do it? Are are y'all okay? If you're mad at me, I forgive you. (laughs) God has a reason and an order for everything. He has an order for your finances. He has an order for your marriage. He has an order for your parenting. He has an order. But the culture does not agree with God's order. It's not the American culture. It's every civilized culture that's ever been active. They have always tried to tear down the values that God set in order. From Rome, even past. Come on. Because the issue that's never changed in any culture is that we're all sinners. We've all blown it. And we're selfish. Come on. Anybody selfish? 
Come on, anybody ever want it their way all the time? Come on, you know I do. Listen, I want to talk about just a couple of thoughts real quick. We're becoming comfortable with God's instruction. God has a plan for singleness. For those of you who are single here, there is a reason why God wants you to wait and not have sex until you're married. There is a reason. And it's not because of tradition. Come on, this isn't a footloose too. We can have sex. It is because sex is holy. Sex, and why is it holy? Because sex creates life. And anything that creates life is holy. Because what's holy is what follows the nature of God. And God will always create life. Come on, does this make sense? Listen, casual sex leaves permanent scars. God can heal you. And here's what, I need you to know this. Listen to this. God never slaps Jonah around because he ran the wrong way. And I don't want anybody feeling shame or condemnation. I don't know what your past was. I don't know I'm going to get that. Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, listen, um, I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm not trying to make you frustrated. Right. I'm just trying to tell you that there is a storm that you can avoid yeah. if you do it God's way. Yeah. Come on, does this make sense? God doesn't condemn you. God wants you to avoid the storm. God has a reason for why he has created a male and a female. There is a reason why he did that. Because a male and a female will create life. God has a reason why marriage in the biblical sense is only between a man and a woman. And here is what I am finding out as a pastor. I am not trying to be political, but our culture has made everything that is biblical political because it wants to cancel pastors not to preach the word to mature people because when people are left without understanding, they are easily distracted. Come on, is this good? If anything, I want to challenge what you're thinking, and you can go out and study it. That's fine. We don't have to agree, but I just need you to know where I'm coming from. Okay. God has a way. God is not mean. God is a God of love. Come on. He loved the people in Nineveh as much as he loved Jonah. He loves you right now in your storm. He loves you right now in your conflict. He loves you right now that you're facing, um, you know, I, I, I don't know, uh, 
talking to that officer or, or paying back taxes or paying child support. Like whatever storm you're in right now, God is not up there going, dead gimmick. God is, like, God is like, let's get back to your purpose. Let's get back to your calling. Let's get back to where you're going. I got some great things for you. As soon as you get off this ship going the wrong way, I'm going to use you back where I called you. Come on, come on, you hear what I'm saying? Like as soon as you stop and you need to go on and jump off this because it's taking you where I don't want you to go. Mm. We are starting the seven-day fast. And we are praying that the exceedingly and abundant move of God happens in our life and that you begin to ask that God would move in your life more than what you can think, more than what you can ask, and more than what you can imagine. Come on. I believe God's speaking to you. And let me give you some thoughts that he laid on my heart to give to you. I believe there are some here that it's time to start cleaning up your relationships. That there's a storm of brokenness and God wants to move you forward. But you're going to have to begin to get healthy. I believe that there are some addictions that God has been asking you to break if it's substance, alcoholism, pornography, that is not helping you thrive. It's actually stealing love in your life. And I don't want you to be in a storm before you wake up and finally see that God's been trying to get your attention. Has he been telling you to reach out to that coworker, reach out to that friend, invite someone to church? Has he been telling you maybe to step back into church? Well, I don't know what he is telling you, but I know he is talking. Here's the, the last one. Man, y'all come on up. Did y'all get something out of this? Okay. All right. The first one was, put, put the first point back up there just for a second, please, just so that we can write it down. Uh, uh, put that first point back on the screen. We got to become comfortable with God's instructions. God is not thinking. He wants to get orders or instruction from us. Okay? No matter how many degrees you have, and I know that you probably are the smartest person in Northwest Arkansas. He is not going, what do y'all think about this? He's not doing that. We got to be comfortable taking the bet. Come on. All right. Second thing. The battle to become consistent with God's teaching. Listen, we, we've got to become consistent. Listening means I am making the changes to become consistent. It's not that I hear a revelation and I believe it. It is that I take that revelation and now I apply it. That's why we want you to come to service. Because I'm praying that the Holy Ghost begins to speak to you. Come on. And you write down one thought. I may talk for 35 minutes, but one thought is now challenging you and it's, and, and it's interrupting your life. I can't just go forward and eat pot roast and go hang out and do this and go bowling and do like God is imparting something. And when you're here, come on, you need to digest. And now whatever God's saying to you needs to become a consistent part of your life. I appreciate you wrote one check. Start tithing. I appreciate that you've cleaned up your language some around 
certain people. I appreciate, but now we're moving. See, listening produces character. Now I'm going to listen to that, and I'm going to work it into my life on a very consistent part, and I'm going to get it until I get it. I'm going to get it until I see the fruit. Come on. I'm going to get it until I get and I'm not stopping until that now is in my arsenal of faith. Jonah knew that God wasn't going to leave him alone. He woke up. Yeah, my bad. This is all my fault. He's not like, I have no idea what's going on. Why'd y'all throw over my suitcase? He was like, my bad. That's on me. That's my takeaway. That's my bad. Jonah was a prophet who his purpose was to speak the word of the Lord. And here's what I need you to see. Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh because he had already judged Nineveh. And he thought it would be easier in Tarsus. But it's not easier where you want to go. It's easier where he sends you. You hear what I'm saying? For us, sometimes God's going to send you back to people and places that you cursed. To heal you. And God should be putting people on your heart. God should be putting moments on your heart. God is a restorer of the brokenness. He's a repairer of the breaches. And the church cannot grow forward if we're always breaking apart and severing. That is our assignment to listen. Come on. If you want to be free, get off the boat. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.